and welcome to Won't You Sing With Me, a podcast by me, Camille Harris from the Silly Jazz Band. Join me as I talk to fellow children's musicians about their work. Why do they make children's music? What's important about it? What makes a good children's song? What is different between a kid's song versus an adult song? And why do they do what they do? This is a podcast for fellow children's musicians, as well as educators and parents. But little ones can listen as well. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy the conversation. An exciting thing that can happen when you get a podcast is that you get sponsors. So here's the first one for Won't You Sing With Me. I had a bunch I could choose from, so I chose Blinjet because I love smoothies, but I don't love smoothie bar prices. With my Blinjet 2 Portable Blender, I can make smoothie bar quality beverages for a fraction of the price. Blendjet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. Blendjet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. Lasts for 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. There are a bunch of cool colors to choose from. I personally chose the pink. What are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the promo code KINDYLOVE to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 portable blender. Go to blendjet.com com and use the code KINDYLOVE to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Now on with the show. Hello, today we're with award-winning children's book author and musician Patrick Adams. He was born to American parents in Beirut, Lebanon, and he grew up traveling the world. He graduated from Virginia Commonwealth University with a degree in travel and tourism. Then he became a book author. He's released a series of books called Amazing Lisa, which are inspired by his children, as well as another series called Rhythm's World. In 2021, his debut children's music album, Amazing World, was released, and he launched a podcast celebrating other children's musicians called Kindy Rockstars. An EP called The Friends EP was released in early 2022, and he also has an album called Travel with Patrick, as well as a collaborative cover album of 80 songs with other Kindy musicians called Kindies Do the 80s. I'm so happy to have you here, Patrick. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me on, and congrats on starting this podcast. This is great. It's, it's been so exciting and fun, and I've been learning a lot. You know, it's a little different than your podcast, but I think we also have the same goal in mind, which is to uplift our fellow kindy artists. So that's why I was really excited that you said you would do this one as well, because like, you're usually a host of podcasts, and you're usually kind of the one asking the questions and letting people perform on your show and present their work. But um, this is me getting to talk to you, um, maybe not as the podcast host or maybe not as the children's with author, but as a children's musician, uh, children's media maker. Um, and I get to just kind of I'm, I'm interested to talk to you about why you started making music and what you think children's music is and what you think makes a good children's song. And basically kind of your theories behind why you make kids music. I guess initially, the first question is, how did you get started making children's music? Yeah, yeah. So in my case, the books came first. So 
Um, back in 2015, um, I came up with the idea for a series of children's books based on my three kids at the time. Um, and it, it was really inspired by my daughter, who loves stuffed animals. And she had a particular stuffed animal named Lisa. And she would pretend to do all sorts of things with Lisa and have all sorts of fun adventures. So her character kind of wrote itself. And um, as, as I was thinking about it, obviously, you know, in your intro, you mentioned the word travel several times. I love travel, uh, always have been doing it from a young age. And um, so the book series was going to be my daughter, whose name is Holly, and Lisa and her two older brothers traveling the world and having adventures and the stuffed animal was going to be a magical stuffed animal who could transform into anything. Um, so that, that was kind of the whole genesis of it. And so in my, um, you know, other line of work, I'm a project manager. So of course I plan things. And so, you know, I planned out like this whole series of books, which, you know, I'm, I'm still working my way through, but, um, you know, was, what countries is she going to visit and, you know, what could Lisa transform into in that country, you know, sometimes I, I make it so it's, it's like a, a symbol or, you know, a well-known, um, you know, animal or something from that country. Um, so that, that's how all that started. And so the first book was Lisa goes to England. Um, and you know, at that point, the a whole, um, you know, idea of it just, you know, kept flying. I kept wanting to write. And so I actually wrote several of them ahead of time, but there's a big difference between writing a children's book and then of course getting it illustrated and then getting it out there. So I, I made the decision to self-publish, um, which is a risky decision. You know, you, you lose a lot, uh, in terms of the backing, uh, the marketing and things like that, if you self-publish, but this was so personal to me that I, I never wanted to lose control of the work. Um, so I figured I would take that risk and I would have to teach myself about marketing and things like that. But so the books were the genesis of it, where the music came in was me wanting to create book trailers for, you know, to advertise the books. So, um, you know, I, I, I would grab other pieces of work, but three books in, I wanted my own song and, you know, I'd, so I, I knew enough about, you know, the structure of a song to be able to write lyrics. But, you know, I like, I didn't have the musical background. Um, I just, I have a, a keen ear for music and listening to it. But as far as, you know, how to create it and things like that, um, you know, that, that's where I would have to teach myself and, and learn from others and, and evolve. So I work with a, um, a musician uh, named Annie Lynn. And so, you know, she, she had actually posted something on Twitter one day, you know, wanting to make music, uh, you know, to, you know, for, for children, uh, based on a book. So I was like, oh, wow. You know, I, I had the idea at the time and then she posts that it's like, this has to happen. So, you know, I, I reached out and ended up working with her and we created a song called amazing Lisa rocks and funny story. You know, I, I, I knew about song lyrics, but apparently I didn't really relate like verses and chorus and how many to make to keep the song at a decent length. So the first set of lyrics I submitted to Annie, she says, 
unless you want the song to be 12 minutes long, you need to cut like four verses. <laughs> um, so we did that. And we, and we ended up coming to, uh, you know, a good song. She, she created the music. She uh, added some, some cool pieces to it. And so that was the first song. During that process, I had so much fun seeing the song come to life. And, you know, so, so with that, that was my only song for a couple of years, but I knew I'd always go back to the well and, and want to do a second one. And so at the time I, I created a song called Rhythms World. And again, this is where I wrote the lyrics, but I had more of an idea of how I wanted the song to sound. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but this, this was now going to be the theme for the Rhythms World series of books. So Rhythms World is... Where that differs from Amazing Lisa's, Rhythm of the World is geared towards a younger audience, beginning readers, um, basic concepts, things like that. Um, and my daughter, my second youngest daughter, is also named Rhythm, um, who has quite a story, and I'll, I'll be happy to talk to you about that a bit later. And then um, my youngest daughter's name, Larry. I have five kids, by the way. Um, my youngest daughter is named Lyric. Um, so the Rhythm's World series is really the adventures of Rhythm and Lyric now. Um, but you know, I, I created that song rhythms world for, for that, um, again, wrote the lyrics, um, this time again, much better understanding of how I wanted the chorus to sound, um, how I wanted the verses to go. And then, so again, I worked with a couple of musicians to help bring that song to life. So roughly 2020, um, you know, we all know what happened in 2020 and, uh, a lot of artists went through a, a very creative period. That's where kind of the idea hit me. It's like, you know what? I have, I love having these two songs, but now while I have all this free time, cause we were all working from home and stuff like that. Uh, I wanted to create a song to go with each book. So that's what became amazing world. Wow. That's what I thought because I'm, I was listening to that and I was like, these are little stories and each, each song is its own little story and they're so vivid. And I can imagine just like, I don't know, even having the book to read along with or to, to picture the song, like when you're laying yeah, exactly. down. Yeah, no, the books made it easy to write the songs because the songs are the story of the books. So it was very, very easy to, to write the lyrics or, or take a certain topic from the book and create a song out of it. Like with, you know, um, for Lisa Goes to Australia, the, the song is Koalas and Kangaroos. And so the, there's part of that book where Holly and Lisa go to a zoo. And the the koalas and kangaroos and Holly and Lisa all have a party at the zoo. So that's what that song ended up being about. So that's, that was kind of the approach that I took with, with uh, each of those. Just kind of create something as an accompaniment to the book. So did you have you ever performed these songs? I have not. No, I, I'm they're existing solely as recordings online. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, the, the, getting to get out there and perform um it would be an evolution for me. Um it's hard to get out and about uh, and you know when we talk about my daughter rhythm, she's disabled. Um so it's it's very hard to to leave for any extended period of time. Um, but I, I would love to do that one day. I, I'm building up quite a catalog of songs and things like that. So um, that that is a, an evolution I would I would like to get to and will get to uh, at some point. But for for now, it's it's really been all about creation. Um, so creating the songs, creating videos for the songs, um, and and have that out there at the very least. 
I mean, I, I love that because it's accessible and it allows everyone to experience your work. Yeah. Yeah. And no, that's, it's learning about how, you know, all these different streaming platforms make it so easy for your songs to be heard globally. And right. that, that's just, you know, and I've talked to, to many people on my show who, um, you know, have been doing this for, for long enough to where they released cassettes and CDs mm-hmm. and didn't have, you know, the, the instant worldwide reach that, that artists have nowadays. So it's, it's, it's quite, um, it's quite interesting and it's fun to see, wow, my song got played in Finland. I wonder who yeah. listened to it there and how did they find it and so forth. So here's a question I have. You, you've listened to a lot of children's music, maybe more than most people at this point, I'm guessing, uh, because of your podcast and, you know, you've heard people perform them live and you've, you've listened to a lot of children's music. What makes a children's song a children's song and not just a song? Because a lot of these songs that I hear, I mean, a lot of your songs, they could just be songs, you know? Yep. What in your mind makes them a children's song? Or when you hear children's musicians, what makes a song a children's song and not just a song for anyone? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally understand that question. I've, I've had conversations with people about, you know, where, where do you begin to straddle the line between a song made for children, but that adults would also like as well? Um, so... You know, I look at it, and when I say the word children, you know, I, I think, okay, well, what age range really qualifies someone to be a child? Um, and, and you know, as a parent, of course, my kids are always going to be children, but obviously they, they get to an age where they're mature and so forth. So my approach has always been to, you know, create a variety, really. Um, you know, some of the songs that I've made are, very much a younger kid would enjoy. Um, but then there's, there's others that, you know, maybe wouldn't appeal so much to younger kids as they would, you know, somebody who's like 10 or 12 or something like that. And, and it relates more to their experience. So what's the um, difference between those two? So I think for younger children, there's a lot more action based, you know, lyrics and things like that, something to get them moving. And, and a lot of artists, they, they really like, having those songs that are interactive. So when they go perform them live, um, they can instantly get the kids involved in the show and, and, you know, you know, kind of instructional things or, you know, a a dance that they can do or something like that. Movement Um, songs. Exactly. And, and for that audience that, that is a, it's, you know, its own kind of song. And there's some artists that that's what they do, that they, they target that age range and very much kind of like the wiggles or, you know, bands like that, um, where you can just interact with the, you know, the entire concert uh, based on the songs that they're they're singing. Because then you're also saying that uh, you have the ones that are for older children. So what would make a song for an older child? Yeah, so uh, maybe a little more of the normal song structure, I guess. Um, you know, maybe it's the topic. So, you know, like on Travel Time with Patrick, um, you know, some of the songs, you know, is about various types of travel, but it might not be something that a child would experience till they're a little bit older. You know, like, mm-hmm. when do you learn to ride a bike? Or when do you first fly on a plane? Or when do you, you know, get your first exposure to a motorcycle or, or things like that? Yeah. Um, so in that case, you know, the, the topic of the song might dictate, you know, who it might appeal to. Um, the The song itself, you know, 
um, for example, motorcycle songs, a very guitar driven, like rock song, um, which I'm not, you know, maybe a slightly older kid would be into that a little bit more than, than a younger kid would. So what kind of feedback do you get about these songs? Does anyone have a favorite song? Like you've ever heard from one of your little readers that their what their favorite song is? Or even of your yeah, children? No, so so my younger kids, they of course they love the songs about themselves. So Rhythms World and Rhythm and Lyric and uh, those songs and, and that is definitely their age range, those those songs. As far as others, you know, I I, I don't necessarily get feet because the the songs that weren't about the books. Um, you know, the, like Travel Time with Patrick was just a standalone album. So um, the only feedback I can get is what's getting played. Oh, the most. right. Yeah. Um, and so one of the songs on there called Resorts, that that has been the most consistent and it, it's landed on some playlists that have uh, that have kind of stuck. And so it gets, you know, a good number of plays per day. So it's like, OK, what is it about that song? Well, I had um, a 10 year old sing the song with me um cool. yeah so the, the whole the, the song structure there was a father talking to his daughter about a vacation that they're having going to a resort and the the song is from the child's perspective like what can i do there and so that's how the song is set up you know the father saying well you can do this at a resort and then the child responds and then you know that's that kind of plays itself through to the end you know, all these different scenarios like well you can um, you can go fishing, you can play basketball, you can do all sorts of things. And it's, it's call and response, basically. Right. When you're creating music, you, you do a lot of collaboration, you know, like your 80s is with all as a kindies do the 80s. Um, and then your other song, you were wh- who's the woman's name? Sarah Elizabeth? Sarah Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah. She sings in a lot of them, I noticed as well. You know, Sarah is... A funny story how I met Sarah. So Sarah is British, and I met her when I was looking for a female vocalist to um, sing "Tea with the Queen." Uh, so it, with the songs I write, you know, my my voice is a bit deeper. So I, sometimes I know, okay, this song really needs a female vocalist on it, just based on what the song's about, what the lyrics are, uh, the the music, and and so forth. So. Um, Sarah did such a wonderful job on Tea with the Queen that I just went right back to her and said, hey, how would you like to do all of the songs about the Lisa books? Just, you know, there's a consistent voice. Um, so that, that's how we ended up working together. And then she actually did a couple of the songs on the, the rhythm. So Awesome Europe was, was her. And, and again, that was another really, really great one that she did. You know, I've just, I've called on her every so often um, going forward on Travel time with Patrick. We we worked on hot air balloon and small boats, big boats. Um, it just I I kind of know when to call on her, and then she did one of the '80s songs with me too. Collaborations are, are are really really fun, and the the kindies do the '80s. You know that that was a, a concept that I had because I'm such an '80s child. That is when I got into music. My my first memories are you know hearing you know Duran Duran and. Um, you know, basically 83, 84 and 85, any music that came out in those, in that period of time, it's like, that's what really sticks with me and, and kind of inspires me and the type of music that I make. So I, I really wanted to pay homage to, to that. And, uh, it, it was kind of a dream to get to work on some of these songs. So I, in, initially I had picked out like, Hey, I'd love to do these 10. And then 
as the word got out um, that I was doing these, there were several other artists that reached out and said, oh, I'd love to be a part of this. So that kind of grew into what is enough material for three volumes of it. And I think I'll, I'll stop with the 80s after volume three. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. So you're, you're basically, it's like a cover album of 80s songs, but kind of featuring your favorite Kendi musicians. Right, right. Yeah, no, and, and those that, that, you know, really, really are excited to do it. That, that's, that's where it becomes fun because a lot of I find a lot of them are, are like me. They love 80s music. And, you know, when they found out about this, like, oh, I'd love to do one. Um, so, you know, I, I had this like laundry list. Okay, here's a list of songs I would love to cover, you know, pick one. Yeah. And so that, that's how it's kind of worked with, with several of these artists. Uh, okay, back to some questions I have. I guess a good question I, I have for you is, I guess I wanted to ask why, besides your children, like what is, a, why do you make it and why do you put it out in the world? Like any dad could make this stuff and just share it with his kids. Why do you feel compelled to make children's media, to make books and also children's music? Like what's your why? I think just to entertain. Um, you know, if for for most of my life up until... You know, I started writing the books. There was not a lot of creativity. Um, you know, it's nine to five job, and um, you know, I guess the 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 right brain wasn't as in charge as much as the left brain was. And um, I think once once I, I started to to turn that creative switch and, and you know start putting the books out and getting into music and, and things like that, it's like you know what, I love this. I I really really love it, and I love the kindy community, you know, my books were made for kids and that, um, you know, so that there was no other place I wanted to go with music other than, um, songs that, you know, kids could relate to or learn something from. So much like the books where, you know, if they're in a country, there's a story, but you're also learning a few things about what's in that country. Uh, and it's the same thing with the rhythm books. Those all have, topics, um, you know, like one of them is about musical instruments. And so that whole thing of, of teaching and, and with a lot of the songs that I write, I find myself, if not telling a story, just trying to teach you a little something about a topic. So um, the, the music really became sort of, you know, the same sort of theory about making the books is just put some fun stuff out there and, and, hopefully be entertaining and create something that uh, kids of all ages and their parents would like. I, that's, a, that's interesting. That's the thing I hear a lot of people say, you know, to make sure that the parents like it too. I, I guess I, I haven't experienced much kindy music that couldn't be enjoyed by parents also. I, I wonder kind of what does it mean when you say and parents enjoy too? So, you know, the, as a parent and having heard, you know, a lot of the music um, that my kids listen to, you know, I, I go back to, you know, the era where Lori Berkner was on Nickelodeon. And so, you know, my, my kids at the time were of the age where they were watching SpongeBob and all sorts of shows that were on Nickelodeon. And so I would see the, the interludes with, with Lori and her band. So, but, but those definitely were songs that appealed to the kids and, you know, I, I found them to be pleasant and memorable and, you know, Lori is great. Um, but you know, then 
you hear a lot of the music like, and I don't want to use this as an example saying that I, I dislike it, but you know, songs like baby shark, um, you know, earworms that, you know, the kids will go around and sing all day long. And, and my youngest daughter does. Um, but it's not something that, that parents are going to walk around, you know, thinking about also and making it their, you know, their, their last song heard or have it in their playlist and things like that. So, um, I think the, the goal for me was, you know, to, to create a song that a child would enjoy, but that wouldn't seem, um, you know, out of the realm of possibility for their parents to enjoy it as well. Um, and, and not think, Hey, that, you know, that that's just for my three-year-old, that that's not something I could dig, but, um, you know, maybe a song that they would also like. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause th- three-year-olds are going to like what they like, you know? My my nephew just turned four. He uh, really likes jazz. My whole family likes jazz, so he will listen to a lot of that. But then sometimes he'll just want to listen to his Bablarna, which is the Swedish crazy TV show. <laughs> he just like that's what he needs to listen to. You know, there's something about his brain development that wants to hear that on repeat. There's something about three year olds that make Baby Shark the most watched kid song or YouTube video or something like that. And, and it's ever. a catchy little song, and it's easy and it's fun to sing mm-hmm. and it's a movement song yeah and it's one of those where you can replace the lyrics and and kind of create your own song with it so you know it, it, it's well designed and well structured for <laughs> for kids and it, it obviously has worked yeah it's so fascinating that song in particular people really go crazy for that or another one let it go that still yep. that was requested for me yesterday they just love let it go these are new people that just came to let it go i mean they were just born let it go came out a while ago now Yep. And this is just a, a three-year-old saying, you know, can you play Elsa's song? It's it's yeah. wild, these specific songs that really just become the hits with the little kids. <laughs> you and know? then, you know, a song like You're Welcome from, from Moana. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's super fun to sing and um, it's it's catchy. And you pair a great song from a, you know, great movie for kids and you're going to have a a long-term smash. Can you talk a little bit about your podcast and how that came to be? Yeah, sure. So with Kindy Rockstars, um, the whole genesis behind it was working with a radio station called Jump 105.3. Um, oh. You probably heard of them. Um, but I, I kind of had reached out to them and, you know, just, finding places to, um, you know, where can my music be played or, you know, how can I support you? Um, so I ended up working out something with them where they said, Hey, why don't you put a couple, uh, hour long shows together, um, that we can play. And so the first couple I put together were, were based around the, um, the rhythm songs and the Lisa songs. And so I created a show and, uh, did book readings and, you know, had my daughter, uh, Holly, play the role of Holly. And uh-huh. we, we, we read a little a bit from the books and then we played the song that was associated with the book. So those became the first two episodes, um, The Amazing Lisa Show um, and Rhythm Mania were, were the first two. And then, uh, then we talked about, hey, do you want to have a, a weekly show? Well, I'd had the idea in mind to do a podcast for a while. And I think the, the topic of a podcast, I was kind of still working through, but I knew I wanted to, to interview other artists. Um, 
and potentially feature their their music. So the whole idea of Kindy Rockstars just I, I kind of one day I'd say, all right, here's what I'm here's what I want to call it. Um, and I, I went just sort of preemptively setting setting it up structurally, you know, finding a host, um, finding a scheduler and things like that. And it's like my thought was to take the episodes that I created and convert them into this radio show that I could put on weekly. So um, I, I did everything to get it ready. I kind of had the outline of, of how I was going to do the show in, in my mind. You know, I was going to have the artist on. We were going to do an interview about how they got into making children's music. Um, and then there was going to be a featured song. So then we talk about the story of the song, play the song, and then, you know, how can people find that artist and download the song? Um, so I had all of that put together. And then I finally went out to, you know, some different Facebook groups and put it out there and just said, Hey, you know, I'm starting up this podcast. You know, if you'd love, if you'd love to be on it and, and talk about a song, uh, you know, here's the scheduler. And I placed the scheduler link. Well, w- within two hours, I had 25 appointments. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is, this has potential, it looks like. Um, so now, now I got to go do 25 interviews right away. And that grew to 37 within, um, you know, the, the next couple of days. So that, that's kind of how all that got started. And so season one, uh, I really focused on individual songs. And so if somebody wanted to talk about multiple songs, I actually created multiple episodes. So if you, if you go through my season one, you're going to see like 113 episodes, but a lot of them was because there was multiple songs, but I used the same interview. It was just the song story and the song that were different. Um, and so th- that went, you know, better than I could have possibly imagined. And I got to meet so many interesting and, and fascinating people and, learn their stories and, um, you know, kind of find common ground with some of them and how they got started into making it. But, you know, others had sort of unique ways that they, they happened into it. Um, so, so that's, that's really how that got solidified. I, 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 when I got through season one, I didn't wait long before I did season two. Um, and so, you know, I had, had another really great group and had some people that came on for a second time. Um, and so it, it kind of all went from there. I did season three, and now I'm in season four. Uh, what I did differently from season three to st- season four was took a bit of a break. Um, you know, I, I had so much music I wanted to work on, so I took a bit of a hiatus from October of last year until April of this year. And then uh, so so I could pace myself a little better, I just decided to do like, okay, I'll do a month of interviews and then take a month off, let those episodes get out there. Um, and then I'll do, you know, another month of interviews and sort of same thing. And we'll just make 2023 as season four. And, you know, so that, that it kind of got myself to a point where like, this is, this is the best way for me to pace it. Um, and I, I find here in, even in season four, I'm getting a lot of first time guests, which is wonderful. And, um, just guests from, you know, all over the world, uh, you know, New Zealand and Australia are, are particularly, um, bountiful numbers of, of great kindy artists. Yeah, and I've had a number true. of them on the show. Um, and Canada has had, uh, I've had several Canadian uh, guests on the show and uh, had the chance to interview the, the Care Africa kids and the, the ICANN South Sudan. So it, it's been in quite a variety of, uh, of people and music and styles and stories. And 
it's just wonderful. And, and I think you're going to find the, the same thing as you, you know, progress with, with your podcast and, and talk to, to many different artists. Yeah. I mean, I've been loving it. I, I I've said, it's, I see it as a kind of a masterclass for myself to learn from my peers and get to understand why other people do what they do. You know, a lot of people are like you, they're parents and they started because they're parents and then they were creating stuff for their children. And, but other people kind of like me just kind of fell into it. Some people, that's what they, they went to early childhood education, college. They, they did that. That is their thing. Like yeah. they're very specific about the way that they make their music and their art. Well, speaking of uh, featured songs, I would love to feature one of yours. North America, a good one. That's... I love North America. Yeah. And maybe I'll so... pick that one because that was my favorite. Now we're going to listen to the song North America from Patrick's first album, Amazing World. Enjoy. <laughs> Okay, friends, it's time to take a trip around North America. Let's make our way across the USA With something awesome each and every day Start our fun in California State In San Francisco there's a bridge called Golden Gate of Liberty in NYC Space Needle in Seattle is a sight to see In San Antonio there's the Alamo You can be seen in the Bean in Chicago Niagara Falls are really swell In Philadelphia check out the Liberty Bell St. Louis Arch Gateway to the West Candy views really are the best In Boston, let's see a baseball game At Yosemite, Old Faithful can make it rain In Washington, D.C., see the monument At Mount Rushmore, check out the presidents North America is the place to go To see the USA, Canada, and Mexico North America is the place to go To see the USA, Canada, and Mexico North America is the place to go To see the USA, Canada, and Mexico Cities and parks and so much more So pack your bags and let's hit the road North America is the place to go To see the USA, Canada, and Mexico Beaches and mountains and so much more So pack your bags and let's go, let's go! To go down to Mexico Here's a few cool places you should know It's a pyramid that you wanna see Chichen Itza is the place to be If you want a place for some sun and fun Then Puerto Vallarta is the one Mexico City is the capital Big place where you can see it all Let's go up north and visit Canada An amazing land of wonder and awe If you want to know a great city to go Then you really have to go see Toronto If you're really 
Really big mileage are kind of fun. There's a fantastic one in Edmonton. Calgary, Victoria, and so much more. There's so much fun waiting in store. North America is the place to go. To see the USA, Canada, and Mexico. North America is the place to go. To see the USA, Canada, and Mexico. North America is the place to go to see the USA, Canada, and Mexico. Cities and parks and so much more. So back your bags and let's hit the road. North America, it's a place to go to see the USA, Canada, and Mexico. Beaches and mountains and so much more. So pack your bags and let's go, let's go. Podcast is produced, mixed, and mastered by me, Camille Harris, from the Silly Jazz Band. We're under at the Silly Jazz Band on Instagram. And if you want to send us an email, our email is sillyjazzband at gmail.com. Have a great day. Bye.